Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On today's show, we'll be talking about an imaginary friend, dark entities, and much more. All coming up on this episode of Paranormal Mysteries. Thank you for joining me and welcome to another week of Paranormal Mysteries. I'm your host, Nick Ryan. I hope everyone had a great weekend. And before we start, I'd like to say thank you to Jason, Carolyn, Alessandra, and Jandy for their support and generosity. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the podcast. This supports us by helping new listeners to discover the show. And if you'd like to support us even further by becoming a patron or by donating, please visit us at patreon.com slash paranormalmysteries or visit us at buymeacoffee.com slash paranormal. These links and others can be found in the show notes. And if you've encountered the paranormal and would like to share your story, please email me at paranormalmysteriespodcast at gmail.com. And with that being said, our first story comes to us from Noelle. And Noelle's story is called Haunted Apartment. Noelle says, Hi Nick, I'm from California, and I've been listening to your podcast while I work for the last week or two, and I gotta say I'm hooked. I heard a couple of encounters that gave me literal goosebumps when I heard them, because they described my encounters almost exactly. So I want to share my family's story with you and your listeners. It's kind of long, so bear with me. This story spans over approximately three years, maybe more. So my son Paul, age three at the time, and I moved into a three-bedroom apartment with my best friend, now husband, Eric, and his now ex-wife, Karen, back in the fall of 2016. They took the master bedroom, and I took the room next to theirs, giving my son the smallest room. Anyway, our experiences started while we were getting settled in and unpacking. Karen found a little glass candy that was left in the apartment, we assume from the previous tenants, so she threw it in the trash, but it kept coming back, each time in a new inconspicuous place. We all thought it was weird and that one of us was just messing with the others, so we ignored it. Fast forward a couple of months, and Eric and Karen were watching Paul while I was working, and they told me when I got home that Paul had a new imaginary friend, that of which is not unusual, as he's a very imaginative kid. When I asked him about his imaginary friend, he said she had long blonde hair and a long white dress that looks like a nightgown. He also said that she likes to talk with him and play with him. I brushed it off because, well, I mean, he's three and an only child, so let him have his imaginary friend if it makes him happy. But that's when things began getting weird. We would be sitting in the living room or in the kitchen or even laying in the bed and we would see movement out of the corner of our eye, and nothing was there when we would look in that direction. On a few occasions, we would see a little girl standing on the beds, looking at us for a split second, and then she would disappear. 
The scary part about this is that the little girl looked exactly like what my son described. I was really creeped out by that, but thought it hasn't done any harm, and Paul doesn't seem scared by her, so she must be harmless. Eric even said he walked past his bedroom one night and saw the little girl sitting on the floor playing with something. We all saw her so frequently that we just ignored her and went on with our lives, sharing our apartment with her. Knowing we were sharing our home with her was weird, but it wasn't awful. She would show herself from time to time. Once in a while she would startle us, but for the most part, things were very peaceful. But then, things changed. We began noticing a different presence in the apartment. A dark and dreary feeling. A feeling of being watched. Every move. Paul began having nightmares every night. Dark ones. About death and murder and people watching him to take him away from us. We still saw the girl in the white dress pretty often, but the feeling was different with her as well. And we all started seeing things that began to really freak us all out. For starters, we began seeing another entity, whom we all described as Hatman. Keep in mind, we had never heard of Hatman before. He was tall. He wore a hat almost like a shorter top hat. He had a cape or a long coat, and was so dark black that you couldn't see through him, aside from those freaky red eyes. We also began having things happen, like things being moved and knocks coming from a coat closet that was never used. And these knocks were always in threes. We would hear breathing or voices behind us. We would feel like we were being touched without anyone else being around. And we always felt watched. I developed really bad anxiety attacks and terrible depression, which had me suicidal several times throughout this whole experience. Around 2017, Eric and Karen divorced, and Eric took guardianship of his three teenage sisters. Eric and I began a relationship after a while, and we began sharing the master bedroom, giving the girls my room. All three girls began experiencing the same things that we had been, and they openly expressed their experiences with both Eric and I regularly. Again, we all experienced the knocks in threes almost daily, along with the touches, whispers, movements, etc. We experienced this on a daily basis, and knowing that the entity would feed on fear, we would pretend not to notice what was happening as much as possible. And this went on until the day that we moved out. I would also wake up at night with the feeling that I wasn't alone in the room. I saw glowing eyes watching me some nights, and I tried to tell myself I was just overthinking things. The last straw for me was one night Eric and I were laying in bed and watching TV and eating a midnight snack when I heard something at the bedroom door, which was closed and latched. As I'm looking at the door, I see the knob turn super slowly, and the door slowly creeped open, just enough for someone's head to poke in, and it then slowly closed and latched again. Eric went to check on the kids, thinking that maybe someone woke up, or maybe Paul had another nightmare, but everyone was sound asleep. I was so scared I burst into tears and didn't sleep much that night. The next night, I was working and Eric was home with the kids, sitting on the couch watching TV with them, when he glances over just in time to see a black arm reach around the corner from the hallway with long black claws on it, as if it were trying to grab for something. He said that he attempted to pretend that it didn't happen so as not to fuel the entity with his fear. He told me this when I came home from work, and again, I didn't sleep. At this point, the little girl is scarce, and the hat man is always there. I then made it my mission to get out of that apartment, and fast. In 2019, we finally got a house and moved out of that nightmare. 
Up until the day we handed our keys over, we had the hat man watching us, whispering, breathing, and traumatizing everyone. The little girl was left in the apartment as well, and we noticed a new entity in our last days there, but she was different. She has a light, glowing aura about her. I was able to see her features and could tell she was there to protect us, mainly Paul. She was always near him when I saw her. I don't know who she was or why she was only there at the end of our experiences, but I like to think that she was keeping the little girl and the hat man from following us to our new home. Once in our new house, Paul's nightmares stopped. My depression and anxiety was just gone, and we haven't experienced anything since. At least not to that degree. And as for the light lady as I call her, I haven't seen her since. I am grateful to her because I don't want to think about what would have happened if she wasn't there protecting my family. Eric and my sister went back to the apartment after we moved out to clean before turning in the keys, and both agree that the heavy feeling there was so thick. The feeling of anger, dread, and being watched had gotten stronger. I am so happy we have put that chapter to rest, and I hope we never experience anything like it again. Thank you for listening, and if you have any questions, I will be happy to answer them. I have plenty of other experiences between this apartment and my childhood home. Thank you for your time and amazing stories. Our next story comes to us from Rick, and Rick says, Hello, I am from the northern province of Argentina, Salta. I've recently hooked on to your podcast through Spotify, and I've been binge listening to it at work. I love it and all the stories you share from your listeners. I find the paranormal fascinating. However, I am not one to chase it obsessively. I wouldn't say I'm a believer. In fact, when listening to stories from somebody or when faced against the possibility of a paranormal experience, I'll always shrug it off, looking for a logical explanation. Yet, I wouldn't deny or refute it at the lack of one, and I'd always end up very interested. I have a couple of experiences that I've had when I was younger and would love to share them with you and possibly your listeners. I guess you could title these stories Ghost Dog and Playing and Laughing. Only recently, at 25 years old, I moved out from my mom's apartment in which I have lived ever since I was 10 years old. I must have been around 16 or 17 when I witnessed some events, small yet unexplainable to me. For the first one, it is important to first mention that around then we had adopted our first small dog, a dachshund or wiener dog, and he liked to hide underneath an armchair located next to my computer desk where I'd spend most of my afternoons. Our next door neighbor's dog, a clean white poodle, had recently passed away. I didn't know her much, other than she must have gotten into our apartment a couple of times to play and that she barked against my dog a lot. However, one afternoon, I was playing video games and was about to take a break. When I spun in my desk chair to get up, I'd face the fridge, and onto the fridge would sit several small utilities and ornaments my mom kept. Before I got up, I could clearly see one small wooden ornament of a duck on which you could set napkins upright. The duck, literally and quite suddenly, simply jumped to the left side of my vision, down the fridge and onto the corridor that leads to the bedrooms. I went to pick it up and didn't think much of it. At first, I thought I had imagined it, but I knew it wasn't something to just shrug off. To clarify, it didn't drop or fall off the side of the fridge. It jumped, making a small high curve in midair and towards the floor of the corridor. 
A few days later, I'd gone to sit down at my computer in order to spend the time watching videos. When I was sitting there, I figured my dog was lying underneath the armchair next to me, because when I had come in, I had heard him scratching himself, moving around, and I simply felt his presence there. Ten minutes later, I got up to get him out and pet him some. The armchair really isn't that big, and the space under it would be covered by a hanging curtain, which is why my dog would like that spot when it was too cold. When I lifted this curtain, I was taken aback by seeing that my dog wasn't there. He couldn't have slipped out without me noticing, because to get out, he would always push the armchair up a little, or make a lot of noise to drag himself out. I looked around for him and found him laying next to my mom on her bed. I asked her if he had come just now, but she told me that he had been sitting there for the last hour. Weeks later, I brought up these events to my mom, and that I figured out it was our neighbor's dog looking to play around. She told me that in a conversation with our neighbor, she, our neighbor, had some things happen around her apartment, like her late dog's ball randomly rolling around on the floor, and her leg being caressed. She said that she felt as though her poodle was still around, accompanying her and looking to play. No more similar occurrences had happened later, and our neighbor moved soon after. My next story takes place in the same apartment. This one was scarier. It was when I was around 19 when I went to sleep one night, and I'd been watching TV for a while when I realized that for the last 30 minutes, I'd been hearing an increasingly annoying sound coming from the stairs of the apartment building. Muting the TV, I got up to check it out and went to the front door, and I found my mom putting her ear against the door. The walls in the building are rather thin, so you could hear when a neighbor arrived or left by the distinct noise of the doors closing and opening that could be heard from anywhere in the apartment. So this noise at the stairs wasn't something you needed to get close to hear, and I figured my mom was just trying to find out if someone was there. The noise was as though someone was hitting a metal spoon against the marble floor of the stairs. It was repetitive and had small pauses, but with no pattern in between hits. My mom opened the door to hear it better, and the noise paused. But then, it continued. At first, I thought someone had maybe broken in and was trying to lure a neighbor into opening a door. When it started again, I felt my mom getting mad, and she yelled, Who's there? I then urged her to close the door, but she shouted louder, Who's there? Get out! The noise paused, and then continued. She was trying to see something among the darkness, but there was nothing. The light switch to the stairs was next to where the stairs started, some five meters away from the door. But with the light shining from a street window, nothing could be seen, and the noise sounded as though it came from either upstairs or downstairs. The neighbor next door poked his head out from his door and asked my mom, What is that? Yet everyone must have felt the same sense of dread, because nobody dared to walk out to check it out, or just turn on the lights. We must have been standing there for about five minutes, listening to the noise, hitting and then pausing, and then starting again, before we closed the door, and my mom then called the police. I went to grab a rather heavy rifle that my military uncle gifted me when I was a kid, and I stood there with my ear on the door. The hitting was still there, and I must have spent at least five minutes listening to it, before it at last paused. I then heard a small kid, a boy, laughing. Then it completely stopped. No doors opening and closing. No steps. Nothing. The police later arrived, and my mom dropped the front door key to them from the balcony. They came in, turned on the lights, and checked the whole stairs and the floors, but found nothing. All the neighbors heard it, but nobody dared to check it out. 
The next-door neighbor was talking to the police at the main entrance when I heard the policeman explain that the noise could have been from the gas cabinet outside on the street because its door was slightly loose. I cut in, saying that it couldn't be because the noise was clearly coming from inside the building, but I guess they just shrugged me off. When everyone went back to sleep, I told my mom about the kid laughing. She suddenly put on a very sad face and said, Oh no, it must have been the poor soul trying to leave. Maybe she knew something I didn't, but the topic ended there. Thank you for listening to my stories. Hopefully they were interesting for you and probably your listeners. I might later write to you about a couple of stories shared from a couple of my co-workers, and they are very interesting as they relate to a local rural legend, born from our folklore. Best regards, Rick. Our next listener story comes to us from Ashley. Ashley's story is called Midnight Calling. Ashley says, Hi Nick, I've been a fan of your podcast for a while now. I really love how you give people a safe place to share their stories. Not too long ago, I heard a story that was so similar to an experience I had. I hope that they hear this so they know that they're not alone. Here's a little backstory. I come from a family of witches going back to Central America. I remember my mom telling me that her mom and grandma were somewhat of a witch doctor of the town. Growing up, I always had a natural attraction to witchcraft and the paranormal. I also didn't know that my family came from generations of witches, until weird things started getting more serious in my teens. When I was 15, my family had a tenant, an older woman, who moved out, and we had an open room up for grabs. I ended up getting the room and was now across from my sister's room. On the first night, I was falling asleep and I heard my door open and someone call my name gently. Ashley, come here. I looked and saw nothing, so I got up. I walked over to the door and saw that it was locked. I like to place a towel at the foot of my door to keep the light out and my room warm, and that towel looked unmoved. I thought, whatever, maybe I'm nervous sleeping in my new room for the first night and I'm hearing things, so I get back in bed and I go to sleep. But the next night... The same thing happens. I got scared, and I went to my sister's room. The next morning, I tell my mom, who then advises me to ask it what it wants, and emphasizes not to be afraid. I go to bed kind of hoping to hear something, because I'm a little excited that something wants to reach out to me. I wake up to hearing the door open, and I hear my dad clearly whispering, Ashley, come here. I open my eyes, and I lay there with my back to the door again, and I look over at the door. It's closed. Locked, and the towel is still there. I then close my eyes and I ask, What do you want? Big mistake, I immediately think, because right after I say this, I begin hearing the whispers of so many people, maybe ten of them, in a language I've never heard before. I can't make any sense of it. It sounds loud and like Latin or gibberish, and such quick whispers. I open my eyes, but the sound doesn't go away, so I get up to run out, and it gets louder, and it sounds like something scratching. And now, I'm officially freaked out. Once I got out the door, I think the sound stopped. I'm not sure I remember, because I was in my sister's room so fast that I hadn't noticed when the whispering yells stopped. I just remember shaking and crying. But my sister was knocked out with my little brother, who was four. She didn't really wake up, but she did say that I could go to bed with her. What calmed me down was my little brother. He was half awake as well, but he told me, It's okay. Nothing is going to hurt you in here. And he then hugged me with his little body. This calmed me down so much, and we then fell asleep. 
I didn't say anything the next morning because I didn't want my parents to think I'm crazy, although I felt crazy. My sister and brother ended up telling her, and when I got home from school, she pulled me aside and asked me about it. I then broke down into tears and told her everything. She tells me that she thinks it may be friendly and trying to warn me of something. She then asked if I wanted to either try again to talk to it or just reject it. I told her I didn't want anything to do with it because it was so terrifying. So that night, she slept with me, and we banished it from the room, and we told it how the light and God is protecting my room, and to please leave, because I do not want to know. From that night on, I've never heard anything like it again. We think the warning was for my cousin and his best friend, because two weeks later, they died in a car crash. I especially think this because of the glass and the loud scratching sound. Maybe it was to express a crash. I have many more stories I will probably end up sending you as well. Thank you for such a great space, and stay safe to you and your listeners. Ashley As we bring tonight's episode to an end, I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in, and a special thank you goes out to Noelle, Rick, and Ashley for sharing their experiences. Have you witnessed something paranormal? If so, I'd like to hear your story. You can email me at paranormalmysteriespodcast at gmail.com or visit us at paranormalmysteriespodcast.com and click on the Tell Your Story link. All of our contact information can be found in the show notes. Until next time, I hope you all have a great beginning to your week, and I look forward to seeing you back here on Wednesday as we continue our journey into the unexplained, here on Paranormal Mysteries. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.